This is the B-Plus Podcast. My name is Bailey Hildebrand, a very special guest with us today. She hails from Winnipeg. Uh, She writes about fashion and beauty for bustle. She does a lot of other stuff too, especially for the body positive community. Uh, Jody Lane, here to talk about a lot of things. So Jody, you're a successful writer, columnist. How did you kind of get started with that kind of thing? Yeah, okay, so when I was a young girl growing up in a small town, I had parents who very much taught me to believe in myself, and I was really mad that Jean Chrétien was going to not pass this bill to protect this, like, gully in Newfoundland or something, where I cared about it because that's what was, like, it was a whale habitat, and I was like, nobody's messing with these whales. So I was, like, seven, and I wrote him a letter saying, like, please protect this gully, blah, 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 and they ended up passing, it passed in Parliament, but he, like, personally wrote me a letter back saying, like, wow, it's so amazing to hear from young constituents who have such a passion, like, please keep up, keep up your passion, I know, please keep up your passion, and, like, thank you so much for speaking out about these issues, and I hope you continue to, blah, 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 and, like, it was, like, hand signed maybe his like aide or you know like secretary signed it seven-year-old me fully thought it was just stoked (laughs) yeah the prime minister and that really encouraged me to start like it maybe also made me feel like people cared what I had to say and it also yeah encouraged me to tell them what I had to say so I did that when I was younger and then when I was 14 I was like reading the newspaper and I was like this is dumb Alison Gilmore reviews movies but she's not a teenager like why (laughs) should she get to review this movie that I really liked and then she gave a really bad review and I was like that's so silly. Like, that's not fair. So I wrote an email to the editor of the arts and culture section of the Winnipeg Free Press at the time saying, (laughs) I am a teenager. Here are some of my writing samples. I think that teenage movies should be written or reviewed by teenagers. Um, Here are some upcoming movies that I would like to review. Um, Here are some writing samples that I've done in my writing class. We're studying the media right now. I think that I would be perfect (laughs) fit for this. And they... uh, like agreed that that sounded like a good idea so That's so awesome it was so funny my mom was just like okay child um and so like we lived two hours north of the city so my mom would like drive me in two hours to come watch a movie and then write notes for me while I was watching it so I could just watch it and then I would come home and type all my articles up that night at like midnight and she would like then wake me up at seven in the morning and we would go yeah it was that's so funny it was so funny so cute so some of my highlights included reviewing Freaky Friday and You Got Served dance movies became my specialty and then I the last movie I ever reviewed was the Oh gosh, New York Minute by like oh, with Mary Kate Ashley Olsen. And it was my favorite. It is so good, <laughs> with right? Simple plan. Oh. Yes, so good. Bob Saget cameo. <laughs> Excellent. But the highlight of like my young professional writing career was that my editor like forwarded me this email that was like, Mary Kate Ashley read your review. They wanna know like if you're a regular critic blah 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 is this a one-time no thing and i was like stop this so i still have that email printed out and i keep it in like my memory oh box my or whatever gosh. frame it put it on the wall so i've just That's been like so awesome yeah i've been encouraged <laughs> i've had i've been encouraged and validated that's made me feel like people care what i have to say which is good and then sometimes it's also been a lesson in when i need to shut up <laughs> no i think it's good um you've written for a lot of outlets what are some of your favorite pieces in the past or even more recently or mm. 
I think so like one of my first pieces that I ever had go like semi-viral it's not like millions of views or anything but um was a piece that I wrote after um the whole Gian Gomeshi thing happened mm-hmm. um and it was like I was sitting in my living room and I heard about it and mm-hmm. I like <laughs> my I started like sobbing and my partner's like what's going on what's happening like are you okay and I just started like talking about it and I was like I can't actually talk right now I need to just go right and so it came from like a very visceral place and a place of like me wanting to protect other people mm-hmm. um, and me wanting to like vocalize the protection that I wish that I had and tell people like hey here's how we can just be careful about this and then that like the original Facebook post that I originally wrote um, ended up getting published on the Huffington Post and Mm. Rabble Um, and then I wrote a longer piece for the now defunct iVillage which is now W Dish and it exists there still but it was just like something that I think I had like a really great response to and that just was so visceral um then there's also like some fun ones like last summer like it's really one of my favorite things um about writing is just getting to do silly stuff and like have an excuse to do it um so on the total opposite end of the spectrum like last summer I did a piece where I tried all these different like fake tanners and it was so funny and I was like bright orange for a week (laughs) it was so awful but it was so funny um and when I was younger I always wanted to be a fashion and beauty writer and people would always be like well like okay that's but what do you actually want to write Mm. I'm like that like what's wrong with that I think those are really important things and as a teenager like those are the magazines that I read so I like those types of pieces are so fun and even like in that piece I wrote about like how it was kind of weird for me to think about like trying to be tan while I like have all this white privilege and mm-hmm. so it's just like being able to do silly like frivolous things but be introspective about them is one of my favorite parts about writing and one, some of the, my favorite pieces that I've written yeah that's awesome you also uh you've written about fat shaming and body positivity as yes. well can you talk a little bit about why these issues are important to you yes <laughs> I can. Um, so I started writing about them about four years ago when I was going through a change in my life. Um, when I was younger, I was like played um, really elite sports and I um, was on like a double earring at team, which if that doesn't mean anything to people, it's like a really, <laughs> really intense form of uh, sport where I was playing like I was playing three games a week. I was like training off ice four times a week. I had practices like three times a week. Like I was working out, exercising really hard seven times a day. We were having like, we would have our sort of like nutritional intake monitored and sort of like, it was all really intense. Um, And in a way that I found like moving my body to be empowering had stopped and really became about performance. Um, And so like that was the time that I started dieting when I was younger. And then I stopped playing sports as I got older for lots of reasons. Um, And then I also found out at the time um, that I had a I have like a chronic health condition called PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, one of which one of the symptoms is sort of that you gain weight really fast, um, quite a bit of it, and it's really hard to, like, it's just the way your body is. Um, and so 
I had kept dieting throughout my life, trying to keep it off. And we realized that like me playing these sports when I was younger so intensely had been covering up sort of like what my like true body really was because I was just pushing it so far. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was when I started to really start to see like, hey, this is my body and this is how it is. And this is no matter like what I do, this is how it's going to be. It was really hard um, for me because I had been like valued as sort of having a specific body and always of course being really um like the importance of having a specific type of body was impressed upon me forever especially being someone who loved to read magazines and it was just like it was really difficult to realize like that body that I'd always wanted or that body that I'd sometimes been closer to having was like never going to be mine and it wasn't even so much like oh I just really want to have this type of body but it was like the way that people treat me Mm. when I had that type of body and the way that people treat me now and how I feel about myself was so different and that was so frustrating realizing that like people are going to look at me differently I had the kind of clothes that I'm able to wear is different um the comments that people say about me the way that I act when I'm in public like thinking about what people are thinking about me um like those types of things like that's just going to be different like not being able to see the way that I look reflected in any media that I consume Mm -hmm. as a big media fan really sucks and so like Ruth's realizing all those things I'm coming having such a hard time coming to terms with like this is just like my life now and was really the thing that made me want to explore body positivity and um, body acceptance more, which like was even five years ago, six years ago was like not as big of a thing. It was like a dove ad every Mm -hmm. now and then. Yeah. Right. I remember when that came out, it was like, whoa. Yeah. But that was all there was. That was it. And it wasn't even like the internet wasn't as big of a thing like five, six years ago. So it was like that realizing like I need to figure out how to like not actively hate myself. And so I'm going to explore that. And then I want to talk about this because I feel like nobody's talking about it. Even like all of the like larger women that I knew in my life would never talk about like I just want to feel good. And like this is just my body. It was always I'm trying to cut back on calories. I'm trying to diet. I'm trying to lose weight. One day maybe I'll be able to wear that dress. And it was never that acceptance and never that what's wrong with the way that I am now. The answer would be nothing. But that's that conversation was never there. And so I really it's not that I thought I was starting a conversation because these conversations have been happening um, in sort of smaller contexts for a long time. And fat acceptance has been going since like we don't even know how far back. Right. But it's just like I didn't didn't see those conversations happening in places where I was existing. Um, And so I wanted to start having more of them. You said that people treated you differently. Can you Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that? Like, what was the difference and what did you notice? Mm -hmm. Like, so it was like conscious ways and subconscious ways. So like some of the conscious ways were just like making comments to me about what I was eating. Like when I played sports, my family was always like, oh, are you sure you had enough? Like you're working so much, like you're working so hard. Like, are you sure you're eating enough? Make sure you eat like blah, blah, blah. And now it was like, oh, are you going to eat that? Or, oh, haha, you shouldn't eat that. Like if you want to keep your trim waist, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. (laughs) Eye roll city. 
And so those comments were like quite obvious, even like things when I would go out to eat or like if I was in the grocery store, you notice people like looking at your cart and looking at you and being like, is this fat girl really eating all these vegetables? Like, (laughs) so it's like things like that that I noticed. And then it's also things like, um, I noticed less people like would comment positively on my appearance like just like you hey you look really pretty today you're like hey that outfit's cute or different things and at the time I was also single and again internet dating was not really a thing (laughs) and so I was living in a smaller town at the time and I just like immediately like a smaller town with very like active population Mm. and where even though I was going on hikes and snowboarding every weekend it was like very much perceived that I was not physically active and I was treated so much differently because while I was there like when I first arrived I was not making any money like never eating didn't have money to take like taxis so I was walking everywhere and I was like very tiny and then as I started to like be able to eat regularly and to like maybe take a taxi here or there and whatever my ride in my friend's cars I noticed that like again those like the way that my body just naturally is um it was just so different like I would like people only wanted to hook up with me people didn't want to date me um people wouldn't generally approach me like where before I would like get like hit on all the time at clubs and whatever it would just vanished like it was so weird so I always felt like I was the like fourth or fifth wheel just with all my single friends whenever we would go out or whatever it was just like really it felt awful it felt like I like and I was just like nothing about me has changed and though when I say this like over course of a year I maybe okay I don't like bringing up numbers I know it's triggering for some people Mm -hmm. but like I'll just say like the weight, the like actual numerical weight that I had gained was so minimal, but mm. in the like small variation, immediately from being like a straight size to a plus size, it was like literally a couple sizes and everything changed about the way people treated me. I didn't believe that that like could happen. So how did you take that and like make it more positive for you like because I I went through similar things like that and it was just like I'm still kind of like working through it to be honest and and it's hard sometimes that's my answer too (laughs) like it's so hard to work through because it's so frustrating and it is it's so hard to deal with of just like what's different like I don't get it I honestly don't get it when people assume that you don't do certain things that you don't like certain things or that you do do certain things right like so many people automatically assume I just love junk food and I do like don't get me wrong like who doesn't though but who doesn't and it's things like how if like Jennifer Lawrence is like oh where's the pizza and it's like oh cute quirky even like not Jennifer Lawrence even like some of my really thin friends are like "Mm, Mm. just love laying in bed eating pizza if I was to do that people would be like oh that's so gross you're a disgusting slob blah 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 and like which I have seen happen and it's just like oh you should be eating healthier it's like come on like it's so just people assuming that they know everything about someone's life based on the way that they look yeah is I don't I honestly I'm trying to figure out how to deal with that still I mean Mm -hmm. just like having great friends who are reinforced like you're wonderful you're lovely like you have so much to offer um like you're a good person and 
like having people taking a lot of selfies also works. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it really does. Um, it's just, yeah, just it's constant of just building yourself back up, which is like so crappy that you're constantly doing work to just feel normal. Did, like, you, did you ever have like friends who didn't understand? <laughs> all the time i think mm. people just assume like it don't really understand yeah what it's like to feel and they're just like oh you just don't like you don't feel cute like that's all the problem is is like you just don't feel cute today i have days where i don't feel cute too so it's the same thing i'll just tell you to get over it put on a nice mm. outfit and i'm like well first of all probably some of my clothes don't fit anymore that I feel cute in. Also, probably like a lot of the plus size clothes I own are really cheap. So they are like not that nice and they're going to wear out. And then also a lot of the clothes that I want, like don't come in my size or like clothes that I would like the, to look the way that I want to. I can't get find them or get them or cost a million dollars to bring them in from the States. So it's like, even just like their simplest solution, just put on a cute outfit is like, do you know how hard that is? Mm-hmm. Like Gabby Gregg, the, oh. yes, queen. Yes, the queen. <laughs> she was talking on Twitter a couple days ago. She's like, we make it look effortless, but trust me that looking well-dressed and being plus size is a huge struggle and it's a lot of work and i was like that's so true especially in canada i think oh yeah oh like i can't get asos with free shipping for a decent price no like our price is double yeah exactly and now like our dollar sucks even more so it's like okay like you have to go in person to stores but then like if it's not specifically a plus size store you go and then the section for the plus size people is like minuscule H&M, this is not a subtweet. Get it together. <laughs> Get it together and have more than six, like, six, like, little racks of clothes. But, yeah, so, like, something that's, like, the simplest thing. Like, you don't feel good. Just put on your favorite outfit is, like, so much more complicated. And things, like, really, like, not understanding that, like, discrimination about being, like, fat is, it's, it's real. Like, there are studies that say, like, people who are, like, bigger don't get as like don't get jobs over like thinner people people who are bigger don't make as much money as thinner people like it's wild the discrimination that happens so like they when you say things like oh it's just so difficult they're like ugh, just like i wish people would whatever they just don't understand like going to the doctor is an ordeal that takes me like months to work myself up to um those types of things like disclosing my like mental health issues to somebody and them saying like well are you seeing a doctor and like one it's not that easy two going to see a doctor is a huge thing for me like it takes me a long time to get there because every time I go the things that I get are why aren't you on birth control Two, lose weight before anything else and I told a person this the other day and they rolled their eyes They're like that's not what really happens when you go it is though but it is and people just they don't get it. I'm like trying to remember the last time I went to the doctor. It was, I remember it, but it was years ago. Like, and yeah. it was like, I'd stepped on the scale and like the nurse took down my, the number. Then the doctor came in and said, you like, you need to exercise more or eat healthier. And it was like, okay, like based and I based haven't gone weight, right? Yeah, like and, that's it. And I haven't gone back since. Yeah. It's just frustrating. And, like, I even, I read this blog the other day about this woman who, like, had to go to a dentist and they took their weight at the dentist. What? Which I'm not sure why, 
this is a thing that apparently needed to happen. And they said, like, listen, I don't want to know what it is. I'm not going to look. I don't want you to put it on any of my files. And they sent them back a report that had the weight in it. And it was just, like, so incredibly, like, triggering and upsetting. And so it's, like, even if you're, like, fine, if you need this number, don't let me know. It's, like, it's seen as it's such an important thing. And it's not any other indicator of health other than literally how much you weigh. That's it. That's all. And again, like that's not something that people, most people, I will, like, I understand. And when I talk about all types of, and I say straight size or thinner people don't understand, I also understand there's people who have body dysmorphia, who are thinner straight size, who do feel like they are, like, not the size that they are. At the same time, they don't get all of the social mm-hmm. and different type of societal things but like I do understand when I say thin people don't understand how it feels I get that there are some but it's not it's not the same thing oh I just like can't get over the fact that a dentist like she she went to the dentist yeah <sighs> like I I'd really like I can't actually wrap my mind around it like what does that have to do with your weight or another friend who worked at Whole Foods in the states and <laughs> oh no like i just don't even want to know where this is going <laughs> i know i know i know it's so depressing i'm like i still want to eat at their hot salad bar when i go to the states though um but like at whole foods their like health benefit plan was like based on your bmi you get a greater or lesser employee no. discount and employees no with lower bmis way. got higher discounts yeah you're kidding me no not a joke mm-hmm. so <laughs> i know it's like very depressing um that these like really archaic and like not not really medically accurate or efficient types of things are still being used against us and again people that don't face that don't understand and you know like some people don't even think that that exists or they're like, what's the big deal? Yeah. Like, what's what's the big deal? Um, there's one specific article you wrote for Bustle. Yes. Seven things you might not think are fat shaming that definitely are. What <laughs> specifically prompted you to write that? Actually, legitimately, it was an assignment from my editor. Really? Yeah. And um, so she asked um, if any of us who write sort of more the body positive um, beat wanted to take it on. And I was like, me, I want to, Um, because I had noticed so much like, and again, I might say it's like passive aggressive in my mind. It is Um, passive aggressive comments by friends um, on Facebook or just in person in conversations um, or just like in general in media, as soon as you become aware of fat shaming and it is like the way that shitty way that people talk about like their own bodies and other people's bodies, you just start noticing it everywhere and so like and that's also one of the ways that like it sucks when you face that type of discrimination because you're always again like looking of like well did this friend mean it as like a passive aggressive Mm -hmm. way or did they just slip out of their mouth and they didn't even realize right and so I know that's the case for people who have all like with lots of different types of discrimination um and who are marginalized in lots of ways but Yeah, it was just, like, I was so frustrated with, like, my friend who's easily, like, 80 pounds lighter than me who would always just be, like, ugh, like, I just feel so gross today. I just really need to lose, like, a certain amount of weight and blah, blah, blah. Um, And it was just so frustrating because I was, like, if you think that you don't look good, what do you think about me? And that was just the, ugh, it was so, so those types of comments all the time or people when we go swimming, they're like, oh, I just, I don't want to go swimming because I don't want to show my, and I'm like, 
you can have body hangups. You don't have to like be, I love my body. But when you talk about your thighs, of which mine are like easily three times as big, like how do you feel? Like you must feel disgusted looking at me. So I really wanted to write this because I was dealing with a lot of that garbage. I was feeling very frustrated by it. And I felt like when you tried to explain to people, especially in real life, that those types of comments are really like painful to hear. It goes so poorly and people get so defensive. And I mean... So say when you say this to people in real life, they get defensive and it goes poorly. You can imagine how much worse it gets when you put it on the internet. However, don't read the comments. But like, <laughs> here's the thing is also the comments find you like when people are really, truly abusive, their comments come to you. And so we can talk about that more in a little bit. But yeah, I was just like, I'm sick of telling everybody this. I'm going to literally just like post it on Facebook every couple weeks to remind people. And then this way I don't have to confront people. But I think hopefully people will know who they are. And after it came out, I actually did have a couple of people who emailed me apologies being like, wow, I've definitely said some of those things. And I'm really sorry. I had no like I just didn't think of it that way. And I probably would have been defensive if you would have brought this up to me. So I really appreciate you doing that. So worth it. But there's also a lot of garbage. And like that that post will go like that post has been viewed like over 30 million times or something yeah. ridiculous. And so um, it cycles, of course, regularly. Um, and it gets it got picked up by a couple different websites. So they'll push it for more hits and every time that happens I get a wave of like hate mail trolls on Twitter people hunting me down on Facebook on my personal private Facebook page to send me messages it's like it's terrible <laughs> so how do you deal with that I I'm trying I, I <laughs> do you just like ignore it I'm in therapy <laughs> I talk about it um I really am in therapy though um but yeah like I mostly just try to ignore it sometimes if the things that people say to me are so ridiculous I will retweet them um I just like draw people's attention to like look at this douchebag um but I one of the main things um I have really tried engaging with people specifically if they're pretty visible on Twitter I had this like former playboy bunny engage me this past fall about that specific article calling me delicious delusional calling me all these actually it really it started off really nice she was just like hey i actually really thought you made a lot of good points in this article but point whatever on point whatever is so ridiculous and i was like wow i'm like sorry that you feel that way but here's why that's a thing cool thanks for reading always trying to be positive and then she just started going off on me the only activity on her twitter page for like a week with her like seventy-two thousand followers or whatever was her responding to me her sending me all these things it was out of control and my mentions were just blocked and flooded yeah and so that brought of course and a lot of other like interactions that i didn't want including somebody sending me a picture of a barrel of a gun like yeah pointed at a camera like it was awful (laughs) so um I just I mostly try to ignore it. Um, if it seems like it might be a good opportunity to engage, I will, because um, my mind has been changed by people engaging like in a really friendly way with me, um, or sometimes putting me in my place in a not so friendly way, which also sometimes I've deserved. And so that's a way that I've learned. And so sometimes if I see that opportunity appear, I can do that as well. Um, or but mostly and it's also for the people who are on the sidelines right like maybe that person's not going to change their mind but maybe like 
X, Y, and Z person following that conversation might be like, oh yeah, actually that's a good point. So that's I'll only do it with people who are like maybe more visible, but I mostly just try at this point to ignore it, screenshot it. It's like a sad, unfortunate life, like part of my life that I have folders filled with like screenshots January, screenshots February, screenshots March, just in case anything ever escalates. Um, and then I have to turn that over to the police. Yeah. So it's really smart, actually. No, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's very smart, but I, it's sort of like the equivalent of walking home late at night with your keys between your fingers. You're like, yeah. ugh. It like, sucks that you have to do it, but... But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wish I did. I, I hope that I live in a world one day where I don't have to do that. I know. I know. I know. For now, here we are. <laughs> so how have you seen the internet change maybe even like body image and body love for people who are struggling or even even how you've seen that article change mm-hmm. other people's minds um it's sort of like a double-edged sword in the way that it's changed because as like clearly body to body positivity and specifically like i think it's so important to remember that body positivity came out of fat acceptance um and like a lot of really radical people from in the 80s and the 90s um Marianne Kirby has this like a really amazing oral history of the early fat acceptance movement, which if you just Google Marianne Kirby oral history of fat acceptance movement, you should be able to find it. Um, but it's like there is a huge need, I understand, for more types of body positivity. Um, and I think that's why it resonated. It resonates with people. And it's some of the like most viral content on the Internet um, and some of the articles that resonate the most with people. Um, and so I think like that's been good and it's encouraged websites and it's encouraged media outlets of all types to want to show more of a variety of diversity of body types um, to show like more people who accurately represent what society's looks like um at the same time like the flip side of that is it leads to crappy mode like that's a crappy motivation is because like we're gonna get more clicks we're gonna get more hits we can sell more ads more people are gonna read us and so like that's sometimes I see it get exploited um people forget sort of like where it came from what the purpose is um you see like really sometimes really silly things getting praises being like body positive heroes when it's just like minimum you know like bar measure for being a decent human so it's been good in some ways and like garbage in some other ways but I would say like mostly good um because more people are hearing it and hopefully those people realize like oh it's not just about you know like posting a selfie and feeling good it's more about like understanding why we're made to feel this way and like what why certain bodies are valued more than other bodies and looking at like those larger systems instead of like i posted a selfie and i feel cute super important but also like why did you not before that and what's sort of made you feel that way how long have you felt that way oh look at all these things so i ideally like that's what's happening i know not everybody's so critical of their media and looks into stuff but it's good and i think that it is encouraging more people to start having those conversations around yeah so maybe who people who are struggling with coming to terms with like their body and that kind of thing what would you want them to know Hmm. I I like I this may be like a good thing or a bad thing, but I live most of my life like 
the way that I thought that my 16-year-old self would be proud of. For some mm. reason, I feel like my 16-year-old self is like a very true, pure version of who I am and like who I am deep down still at my core. So I like, I really think that like a lot of times I'm like, oh, what would me when I'm 16 at like my most insecure, my most vulnerable, but also like my most powerful and like that has so much potential. What would I want to know then? And so I always think of just like, I would just want to know that like, honestly, like body positivity is so important to me, but also at the same time, it's like my body is not the most important thing about me. And like I've said it before, but like no matter how boring a person is, the like the weight they lose, how much they way like what they wear is not the most interesting thing about them no matter how big they are how small they are what they weigh um and I think like that is something that I would like to personally gain more insight about um into and like to remind myself more um but I think like that is also something that I would want to know at that age and I think that like yes thinking your body's amazing and great and beautiful and powerful and strong and whatever um is so important but it's also like that's not the most important thing about you either and so finding that balance but also knowing that like somebody posted the other day on facebook like you're not as fat as you think you are you're like prettier than you think you are and i was like that's not true i am as fat as i think i am i know exactly how fat i am and it's not a bad thing um so i wouldn't necessarily say like you're not as you're prettier than you think you are to my 16 year old (laughs) self but i would just say like you're probably too hard on yourself um and like you don't need to live up to anybody else's standards but your own and that's way easier to say than it is to do fyi so know that take that go with that but then also cut yourself some slack because that's a really hard thing to do and I don't know anybody who personally is there a hundred percent of the time or even 75 percent of the time so goals you're gonna be striving for them for a long time (laughs) it's easy to like look at your past self and be like hey like why did you do that and stuff but like if you were there like in that time telling yourself that like you'd be like no you'd roll your eyes at yourself you don't know me but like really i am me but (laughs) hey future me you don't know me at all no but it's true yeah because because looking back now if if someone had told me these things when i was 16 as if i would believe them i'd be like okay adult trying to make me feel better because clearly i look so ugly and i'm like so gross you need to tell me nice things about myself okay thanks a lot go away now well and there's so many things like when you're an adult like that stuff it matters still but it's not as important like like now it's like we can focus on our accomplishments and our careers and like what we like to do our hobbies and that kind of thing but Mm -hmm. then like that kind of thing just would consume you yeah and like your friendships are so tenuous so you can't necessarily be like i'm just a great friend and i have all these great people around me especially like for me growing up in a rural town i was like that's not always true no same (laughs) yeah right like it's not always true and i don't have people who value me and like i don't feel important and all these things and so i think like well i can control what i look like i can control the way that my body looks which is one a lie first of all like i mean to an extent and then like two i'd just be like oh so gross like shh who cares like don't say that to me so i think it's just like yeah it's it's always going to be a constant struggle like it's always going to be something you have to be mindful of and even people who look and like seem like like they love their bodies all the time do not mm-hmm. again that's a lie i also wouldn't believe i'd be like what if i had that body i would feel so happy all the time but that's also 
not true. My favorite, do you watch The Bachelor? Um, I watched like an episode for the first time ever the other day <laughs> with my roommate and I was like this is real? Like, this That's is a happening. real show? <laughs> that has been on for happening? 20 seasons? I know. And I just never have. Yeah. But anyway. So, oh yeah. So this week, like one of the women who was sort of positioned as a front runner, one of the girls pulled her aside and was like, listen, I just need to tell you some of the other girls in the house are like saying really not nice things about the way that you look. And immediately she's like, it's my calves. And the girl's like, no. She's like, oh, it's my kingles. And like, okay, first of all, my mom and I are hysterical at this point because <laughs> of how serious she's taking this. But then also she was like, oh yeah, it's my toes. My whole lower body is just kind of a wash. And it was like this woman who was confident, who was super accomplished, who had like lots of stuff going on and immediately could like go to this place of like, oh, this is the least adequate part about me. This is the part where I feel so insecure, like that I'm going to point it out before you even point it out or that I assume this is what people are talking about. And it's like, that's so wild to me. Like this very conventionally beautiful woman, like every other woman on The Bachelorette. It's like <laughs> they kind of all look the same after a while. For real. And not, <laughs> there was nine Lorens this season. How is that? Like how is that I real? Know. They can't I all know. have that name. Yeah. <laughs> they did. So, but it's just like people. Everybody does have hangups, and like it's true that like. Not everybody is going to be treated the same way because of what they perceive as their shortcomings or what, like, even society perceives as their shortcomings. Like, you don't, like, having big calves or whatever is not going to be that same discrimination or deal breaker sort of things, like, the way that fat people are treated. But it's, like, everybody does have something. It's really hard to be a person with a body right now, especially visible. Like, to be on TV, I'm sure there was so many blogs written about her calves and her cankles and her her toes, right, on that night, tearing them apart. And it's just, like... Yeah, it's so, even in, like, that article that you were talking about, so many people commented, like, oh, your tattoo's so ugly. Ugh, that bra's so gross. Like, as if people even wear those bras anymore. Ugh. And I was like, it's so, yeah, it's so ridiculous. So, again, like, yes, fat people face different stuff, but everybody does have their stuff. And so that's the thing that I really do feel would have made me feel better when I was younger to really like understand that but I don't necessarily know that you can all the time (laughs) know the things that you want to there was another thing I wanted to touch on Mm -hmm. I saw something you posted a few weeks ago on Twitter about Mm -hmm. it's it's the new year and going to the gym and that kind of thing and how fat (laughs) people are treated in January even if they've like been at the gym for months or even years yes Like, did you personally experience something like this recently? Uh Okay, I want to know. Okay, so first of all, I work out at a very beautiful, wonderful workout facility um, that I love. And that's beautiful. It's in a, like, luxurious hotel. And it's, like, I get to go swim. And there's, like, palm trees. And it's, like, in the middle of winter. I need to get in on this. Right. That sounds awesome. It's so great. It's the perfect place to go. Um, and generally I like, I work out there alone because I work out late at night, um, and swim late at night. But then also every now and then there are like one, it's the place where all the elite athletes, like professional athletes stay when they come to town. Um, so that I'm often working out, like all summer I was working out beside people that were in the women's world cup of soccer. And like, I work out beside like NHL 
athletes and like and NFL players all the time not NFL CFL players all the time <laughs> and like it's sports. just sports I don't know them very well Same. yeah so it's like I'm working beside all these athletes which is like been very good for my confidence in a way because I'm just like hey I don't have to be at the same level as them it's cool I'm good and they're really nice and it's been good for that but there are sometimes people who will get condescending and the specific thing that happened to me in January was not a professional athlete but it was somebody who was like very very clearly was like they take a lot of confidence out of their workout skills I'm just like giving all like the grunts and dropping the weights and like (laughs) I often don't see people there regularly there's one guy who taught me how to trick the sauna into thinking it's colder so it has more steam great dude (laughs) um but he's like the only person i see regularly there um so this guy of course there's no reason why he would see me there and just like oh do you need me to help you with the weight bench and justin i'm like no i'm fine thank you later it's like oh um do you want me to give you do you can i tell you something if you did this your form would be better and like yeah like oh is this so then afterwards and i was like cooling down from my workout as i'm just like pressed tighter on my headphones so I can't hear him through like the Grimes and the Nicki Minaj and I'm just like glare at him and shake my head like I don't want your advice um I like after I was cooling down and took my headphones out and he was like so like are you like new here and I was just like no I'm not I'm not new here if you haven't seen me before you're new not me I've been coming here for almost a year like you're new not me don't talk to me that way and I was like is it because I'm fat and he was like no 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 it's just that I was like it's it's fine if it is but just don't talk to me again and again like of course I would never see him again um because he was probably just here for a business trip um but yeah those types of things also happen all the time of like I'll be yeah I'll just be like lifting weights and people like oh are you gonna be done with those soon I was like no I'm not and again that's some of those cases where you have to be like okay are people saying this to me like passive aggressively because I'm fat or are they just like hey would you mind if I use those weights like it's so hard to be able to tell but a lot of times like oh are you gonna be done soon or like oh how much longer do you think you'll be using that machine for I know did you just start because I'm like clearly like breathless and sweaty and so it's like it's very frustrating um to like work out as a visibly fat person um and like I don't necessarily think that there's anything better or worse about bodies who are um more or less active or more or less like able or that are more or less like physical um have the ability to do like specific physical things or that are like considered stronger or whatever um but I like I exercise for myself because I like it and because it really helps with my anxiety um and because it feels good for me when I do it but it's so frustrating that there's so many other people they're just like pushing their stuff like their garbage feelings and their like preconceived notions about what makes a body good or worthy um on you at this place where you're just like trying to do something nice for yourself and take care of yourself so I I'm lucky that I don't have to encounter a lot of people there and that's definitely on purpose um but it's also like very frustrating to deal with I just don't understand why people think fat people don't work out or are active. Like, I don't, like, I don't get it. I just don't. I I wish I understood, like, the logic of, like, and I think, okay, I think personally what I've found over the years is part of it is the feeling of I can prevent being fat. 
And like one is that being fat is the worst thing that could happen to me. The absolute worst, right? Um, for all of the reasons that we've talked about is like they know they treat fat people like garbage. They know that they look down on fat people. So one, I don't want to be that because that's the worst thing to be. And look at how bad those people get treated by people like me. <laughs> Two is I can control that. That's within my control. Like being fat or not is in my control. And the idea of like if I work out enough, if I eat enough special K, <clears throat> if I like if I do all these things perfect, then I won't get fat and then I won't be that thing that I'm scared of. But like over time, some people again, like that's just how some people's bodies are. And that's just how my body is, no matter like how much I move it or what I eat or what I like don't eat, you know? Um, and so yeah, that's like it's I think a lot of it is fear, honestly, and like the misconception that like if you just did these things and if you just moved your body this much and if you just followed this certain thing and that you wouldn't be fat and like they yeah I think a lot of it is fear-based um and misinformation as well but misinformation by like the diet industry and you know all those people that rely on you to be scared of being fat to make the billions of dollars right? that they do uh, yeah it's like the oprah thing right are we gonna talk about this i don't know do let's you want do to? it should we get into it let's, let's get into do it, it. okay she's just like i just don't understand like okay she bought in two weight watchers and now literally (laughs) you literally yeah and now she's saying like if you want to be accomplished like you got to lose weight and you can be the real woman you want to be and it's like and there's a skinny person inside you that wants to get out and also you're oprah like you haven't been skinny the entire time you've been successful so why are you saying these things now right to make money off of us like yeah it's like it's so it's i i'm almost speechless like it feels it's harder when it comes from somebody who also is like struggled with you know accepting their size and it's clear she's still struggling with accepting her size but like as somebody said um Cassie St. Ange said that, like, if you're Oprah, like, do you think that you don't have personal chefs, personal trainers, like, all the best doctors, all the best everything? Like, you're Oprah. Like, there's, you've willed your way out of, worked your way out of, or bought your way out of everything in this life, right? And it's like, if you can't buy yourself out of, work yourself out of, or, like, just, like, succeed yourself out of being fat, then, like, maybe you can't. And, like... That's like my thing. It's just like maybe you just can't. And it's maybe that's something that we all need to think about, not just Oprah. Of like, why are you trying to do this? This doesn't seem possible to like, how about we all look at like, why are we still trying to do this? And it was just kind of like, why do you think it, it's kind of made me feel like, does she know who she is? Like, like, look at everything she's done. Yeah. Like she could like snap her fingers and people would say, Yes, like I'll do it. But she's like she's she's like the queen of America basically. She blinks and a book becomes a bestseller. Yeah. Like for real. Yeah. So it's like you're so successful and so accomplished and like none of that has to do with your weight. So- and it's like if you don't think that that's enough without being thin, 
And like, who is supposed to? Like, that's the thing that was so illuminating for me is like her her struggle has been very visible and like her whole I hate people call it a journey. Cause you know yeah. people only call things journey when it's like about weight. <laughs> yes, it's, it's true. So not my fitness journey. My weight loss journey. <laughs> It's true. It's so true. And I'm like, never anything else. It's like my becoming less of a garbage person journey. Like, <laughs> nobody calls it that. It's always just about weight loss or fitness or like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, but it's just like, oh, she's been like, her journey or whatever has been so visible and so obvious. But still, like, hearing her say those things, it's just like, if you can't feel good about yourself, you have everything like that's tangible and intangible you have and it's like if you can't feel good about yourself how is anybody else supposed to have a chance and like yeah I guess saying like you have billions of dollars on all these production companies that's one measure of success that obviously isn't everybody's measure of success and a lot of people who are probably happier happier with themselves don't necessarily have those things like it's possible but it's just like if you're going by like what society says like is successful and like who who else is supposed to be happy with themselves if Oprah can't be yeah that's nuts like I just and that's what and that's what society is telling and selling us now literally selling us yes (sighs) just makes me sad (laughs) like I don't like I feel like we're like gonna be ending on like this sad note like sad violin (laughs) I know but I think that it's like it's a good perspective maker because in my mind I'm just like all these companies are expanding their clothing lines to have plus size so cool all of these bloggers out there are able to like make a living just like being a blogger like which five years ago when people fitness bloggers and fashion bloggers were just starting to be a thing where you could like sustain yourself and make a living off being a blogger there was no plus size bloggers you would never think that there could be especially because like oh where would you go the two like stores that actually sell clothes for plus size people right but now like you can be a fashion blogger plus size right and like looking at like there's more fat acceptance stuff being taught there's all this stuff like it seems all so good and it is good and it's so positive Positive, but it's also like a good grounding reminder to be like, yo, even Oprah feels garbage about her body. Like Oprah does. So I think it's good to remember like it's all still so important and it's very easy, especially if you like curate your social feeds and your friends and whatever to feel like we won. We did it. Body positivity is normal. It's out there. It's everything. And then like this is a good reminder to realize that like it isn't necessarily and like we still really need to like keep talking about it keep pushing ourselves keep pushing our friends to be more body positive about ourselves and about themselves and like push Oprah to be more body positive about herself if she wants to like it's a good reminder that like it's still there's a lot of bs out there and that we still have a lot of work to do it's like we've come so far yeah but yeah like you said we just got to keep There's going. still so much more. There's still so much more. And like just looking over the past couple of years, like it does make me hopeful. Like in a couple of years, where will we possibly be? Um, and so hopefully, hopefully further. <laughs> Jody, if people want to find you online, where do they go? JodyLane.com. J-O-D-I-E-L-A-Y-N-E.com. And then at Jody Lane on everything else awesome thanks so much for doing this this was so so this was so fun really fun just like great to rant and have a good time so fun i just want to eat some non-dark chocolate with you now oh yeah (laughs) that we didn't record on Um, oh yeah dark chocolate is gross 
That's it. That's that's the moral of the story. It is. (laughs) I'll post those links on our website as well, bpluspodcast.com. If you want to find us on social media, uh, bpluspodcast, all one word, B-E plus podcast. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Again, thank you to James Russell for our theme music and Andrew McRae for our website. Until next week, be positive.